Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in again live today. Today is Sunday, July 9th. It is 1 p.m., and this is the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, and I am your host, Jason Leeser. Um, and please go through, and if this is working for you, please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Uh, maybe it's someone interested in getting a tattoo or someone that wants to become a tattoo artist. Um, you know, tag everyone you know that might be interested in tattoos at all or art. Um, we're always looking to get new people on here and get new perspectives and opinions, and we can't do that without your help. So welcome to Guy Itchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day, and with your help, have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of our app stores, the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes playing at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week on all Roku-enabled devices, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can do what most people do and just search for Reinventing the Tattoo and you can find it all except for the book, which is out of print. Still trying to get, a, you know, my hands on a copy of it myself. So if you come across one, let me know. It would be greatly appreciated. But no matter where you were watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can go there and you can try it out for free. Uh, you can pick one of three options. You can either get a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, or you can get some free advice from Guy on your unique goals, or you can take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown. Um, if you're a tattoo nerd like myself, I highly recommend the Jay Brown course because it's got a lot of different history that it covers. Um, I don't know. I found it to be really awesome personally. so. I recommend that. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find a full event schedule with details for all of our weekly streamed events, as well as any of our special events that we have coming up. You can even find access to our Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different channels playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can find a whole host of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists. Um, these are seminars from people like Bob Tyrell, DJ Betts, Andre Malcolm, all available at reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please go through and drop a comment or hit the like button and um, you know, tag a friend who loves tattoos. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into, starting on Sundays with me, Jason Leeser, at 1 p.m. Eastern for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And that's followed on Mondays with three separate shows, starting at 9 a.m., Drawing Four Tattooers with James Wisdom, 
which is an absolutely incredible show where we go through and we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies to help us get back to our roots of fine art in the tattoo world. Following Drawing for Tattooers at 9 a.m. at 5 p.m. on Mondays, we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, where we go through and we can, you know, kind of air some concerns that we have and talk about how certain things make us feel, uh, which isn't very often discussed in the tattoo world. So take a look at the 5 p.m. show, Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. And capping off Monday night at 9 p.m., we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, where we go through and we cover different parts of the Reinventing the Tattoo canon each week. Some weeks will focus on focus or perspective or contrast or line or color or any number of other things that are all discussed in the Reinventing the Tattoo canon. However, you can only access those Monday night drawing groups if you have a subscription to the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon or a subscription to the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course. So if you have one of those, by all means, please jump into the Monday night sessions. You would be absolutely floored with how much it can help you just by doing that for a short period of time. I know I'm a, I, I will absolutely testify to that until the day that I die. Um, you can see a vivid progression in the work that I myself have been doing since I started doing that all the way through. Um, and it's amazing how it can get you to like look at things in a different way. So I highly recommend that. Capping off the week on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Um, and that one's always a joy to jump into. Uh, it's absolutely great listening to different people's stories and different people's perspectives on things. Uh, we do have a special event coming up in October. We've got the Paradise Tattoo Gathering that the Reinventing the Tattoo crew, such as myself and a few other people, will all be in attendance set. Um, that is taking place Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. And that includes presenters such as Nick Baxter, Corey Ferguson, Gunner, Thea Duskin, Andy Chambers, Lady Sarah, Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network, Tom Strom, and Andre Malcolm, just to name a couple of the people that will, pre that will be presenting at the Paradise Tattoo Gathering this year in October. You do not want to miss this. It is going to be absolutely incredible. I'll be there as well. Um, I'm actually signed up to do a seminar on Procreate. So if anyone has any Procreate questions or you guys are looking for hands-on knowledge and experience, by all means, come see me at the Paradise Gathering and I'll be happy to get you into the course. Would also like to go through and take a second to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that help make this show happen. Starting off with WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly keeping all events updated um, because as we know, living in a post-pandemic era, some events are still getting rescheduled and postponed. So if you want the latest, most up-to-date information on tattoo events and conventions coming to a city or town near you, maybe it's one you want to go and visit, take a look at worldtattooevents.com. 
Also, thanks to TattooNow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattoo artists of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and updated. They're competitive with any kind of CRM mailing list or scheduling software out there. So if you're really looking for the tools to get more people to come in that want to get the kind of work that you want to do, take a look at TattooNow.com. These are the people that you go to to make that sort of thing happen. Um, they will help get you all set up so that everything is streamlined. You cannot go wrong with heeding their advice and using their technology, all available at TattooNow.com. And of course, this wouldn't be reinventing the tattoo without a very personal and professional heartfelt thank you to the man behind the curtain, Guy Aitchison, who's at GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo. Go to GuyAitchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, uh, some of his DVDs. He's got some custom coil machines for sale countless fine art prints, and occasionally you can find an original oil painting on there for sale as well. All available at GuyHSN.com. We'd also like to say a very heartfelt thank you and shout out to one of our affiliates, The Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. Uh, if you are looking to become a tattoo apprentice, or if you are looking for information on what constitutes a tattoo apprenticeship, or you are curious about the whole tattoo apprenticeship um, kind of scene, this is where you go for that information. The Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols is the number one resource for people that are looking to get a tattoo apprenticeship um, or an apprenticeship of any kind, really. Um, so take a look, The Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. You can find that in all of the major locations such as Apple and Spotify and all the different podcast directories. It's absolutely priceless, um, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal information on there. Would also like to say a very personal and heartfelt shout out to TATCOM and Aaron Williams, who is the mad scientist behind TATCOM. Um, TATCOM is literally going through and examining the science behind tattooing and then building tools to help artists tattoo better. Um, these guys are literally the cutting edge at the forefront of tattoo technology. If you are looking to step your game up in any respect, take a look at TATCOM. These guys build the tools that make tattoo artists more efficient and better. As always, if you like today's show, we ask that you post a positive review on our channel. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, become a sponsor of our community, or if you are looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com. We will get back to you as soon as we can. And that kind of wraps it up for the intro. We've got Nunya Business on the uh, YouTube. What's going on, man? Um, and I am going to shift that over and close this. Uh, let's save that.
Um, what's that? All right, so, hmm, yay, awesome. Let's drag this over here. I don't know if anyone's gonna be joining me today. Uh, I haven't gotten any um, any texts or anything like that from people. So today might be a fairly short episode, uh, but I did wanna piggyback off of what I started to talk about last week. And that is, you know, constant improvement you know, little bits at a time. And I think I started off the show last week by asking, you know, what have you been doing? And this is to anyone out there that's watching, what are you doing to advance yourself? What are you doing to go through and take yourself to that next level? You know, what are you uh, looking into? What are you helping to develop? What are you practicing that's helping to take you to another level, to get you more advanced, to bring you closer to your goal. You know, if you're listening to this on a podcast or you're watching this on YouTube, there's a pretty good chance that you want to be a better tattoo artist. Um, well, what steps are you taking to get there? You know, and this is a question I ask myself every day. You know, I ask myself, okay, what am I going to do today? to help bring me a little bit closer to that goal, which is to be better than I was yesterday. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna practice? What am I gonna work on? What new challenges am I gonna face and how am I going to address those challenges? Well, it doesn't happen immediately. It takes time, it takes patience, but it will happen. You just have to keep with it. You have to work a little bit more every single day. And if you can work a little bit more every single day, you will see improvement. You might not see it right away. You might not see it in a month. You might not see it in six months. You might not see it in a year. But I can guarantee you, you will be improving as long as you work a little bit more and a little bit harder every day. Maybe that means showing up to the studio a little bit earlier than you did before you know, giving yourself 30 minutes to draw before you have to get it set up for your first client of the day. You know, maybe it's, you know, portioning out some time for you just to work on the art that you want to work on. If you want to be a better oil painter, because that translates into tattooing. If you want to do that, carve out some time in your daily schedule or weekly schedule, you know, an hour to a week, work on something that's going to help take you to that next level. Now, for me, I love attending seminars. That's why I'll be at the Paradise Gathering this year. I'm very excited to be there this year. It looks like an incredible lineup. Can't wait to see everyone again. Um, should have some new people that should be there as well. Um, can't wait to meet all the, uh, the new people that have never been there before. It's going to be amazing. And I really can't wait to see some of these pre presenters um, and what they will be presenting on. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Jake Meeks is helping organize everything. He's from the Fireside Network, someone I really look up to, and I know a lot of other people do as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm fit, once again, very excited for this year. Um, that being said, I'm getting some stuff together to uh, bring up for a collaborative art space at the Paradise Gathering. So if anyone 
is planning on attending, wants to uh, come and create some collaborative art, maybe some art fusion stuff, or maybe it's uh, some other things. Maybe it's a collaborative painting. Uh, you never quite know what we're going to get into up there. Um, and I'm going to turn that on. So this is just a um, kind of like a, a base mock-up that I'm working on. I'm just sketching out some ideas, fleshing out some concepts, um, you know, for a potential future art project. I'm still trying to figure out some of the things that I want to do here and uh, what direction I want to take some things. So uh, I think I'm going to start at the bottom and work my, my way up. I know I wanted to do a lot of water uh, down here on the legs, but I'm trying not to draw symmetrically. Um, I just find that sometimes if I'm drawing symmetrically, things just end up looking too static. Um, so I always try to create some kind of a asymmetric kind of flow, even if I were to start uh you know like this you know in a way this way i know that okay well things are still moving in a generalized direction um they may it may not be symmetrical but you know what it's definitely got an asymmetric kind of flow to it um and it follows a pretty good uh s curve kind of layout which is something i always try to work in uh, just because that automatically creates an illusion of depth. You know, maybe I'll add another little guy over here. And then one small one down there to kind of cap it. Maybe I'll even bring it up a little bit more. And then... but I know I want a lot of this to be water. So just kind of figuring out how I want that to look. You know, I build a lot of layers, layer and layer and layer and layer and layer until I run out of layers, just because that's kind of what I do. Um, but, you know, making sure that everything looks right at the end of the day is, you know, kind of the way that things go. You know, I was playing around with a lot of concepts, just doing a lot of drafting last night. You know, by drafting, I mean like very rough sketching. Um, and I do kind of like the way that water looks as it like curls back. So if you can imagine if this would be wave on top of wave building up. You know, we'd have like one there and then we could have another one here. So kind of showing like the crest and the volume of the wave as it's building. Um, I've always liked the way that that looks because you're creating a lot of these contour lines that can automatically create the illusion of depth. Um, and it gives it a really great kind of texture and pattern. And I know some of this may be hard to see, but I'll go over that, go over everything I'm sketching in just a second with um, a darker color. 
I'm not worried about staying inside the lines at all because anything that I draw that's outside the lines, I will probably end up cropping um, just because if it's outside the lines, there's a pretty good chance I don't need it. And if I was thinking about this in terms of like a full body suit, um, then anything that would be outside the lines would essentially just be wrapping over. So I'm, in all honesty, I'm not very worried about those lines that I have as far as the template goes. It's basically just there to give me direction and shape and map out certain areas. Like I know the calf would be here, back of the knee. You know, this would be, uh, I believe the hamstring or the quad, I forget which, you know, your glutes. You know, so it it does help keep in keep me informed of what areas of the body I'm drawing on and for, so that I can kind of follow the rough idea of how that shape would flow. So even if we create some kind of like a motion like that. Maybe I'll draw a few others in here. Just kind of showing like a cascading, cresting water effect. Could be pretty cool. I was going through and playing around with the idea of just doing a couple of massive waves, um, which I always think look great and they always last a long, long time because of how big you draw them. But I don't know, I, I think if you're working on that large of an area, it's tough because you wanna keep things simple and big and bold. But at the same time, you wanna get in there with all that tight little intricate detail. So it kinda, kinda messes with your head a little bit. Um, now I think I might take this in a different direction. That's why I erased it. Because even if I've got this flowing up in that direction, I could always bring this down this way. That might create a better visual line. Might create just a more interesting kind of visual flow to it. And then I'll kind of curl these around a little bit more. Do the same thing down here. Once again, I wouldn't have too much going on down here way at the bottom. In fact, I'd probably just keep that with like some kind of a, a cross wave. Now, I'm always a fan. There are certain principles that I adhere to whenever I draw waves. Um, and I'll, I'll cover some of those in just a minute. So I do like to use the, uh, the Andre Malcolm Sharpie method. Um, some, I call it the Andre Malcolm Sharpie method only because like that's where I first heard of it. So, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, more 
So what I'm doing is just going through and blocking off and just doing some rough thumbnailing. It's nothing crazy because essentially what I'm doing right now is just kind of blocking off where I want the flow to be. Now, if I want another one to kind of crest over in that direction, maybe here, that can layer up. We'll have this guy with an extra little bit. And then we'll move on to uh, maybe a three layer, right? And then we'll have like one coming off the side, another small guy, there's a medium guy that curls a little bit more, uh, another small guy, and then this one's going to get, you know, a medium, kind of a medium branch. And I'm just kind of like scribbling, doing like little loops, if that makes any sense. So I'm like coming down, pausing, coming down, pausing, and then doing it again. What that's doing is that's allowing me to go through. Um, and I'll switch over to a technical pencil. I'll show you why I kind of draw like that. Because when you draw like that, you rough your waves in that way. You can go back through on a different layer. Um, and turn these little stops or swirls into little jagged edges where maybe the wave is breaking a little bit and it can allow you to go through and just kind of map out how that little jut from the wave is going to look you know and it's very quick and easy So where was I? I was back down here. I like the, I have this one brush. I forget where I picked it up. It's called Sketch Daddy. That might have been in one of the Dave Tevinall sets, but it's absolutely awesome for just like quickly whipping in um, some of these waves. You know, and even from here, if I really wanted to, I could have some of this water kind of coming down in this direction. That could help give it a counterflow. I'll worry about that later. So from here, I'm gonna take this layer and I'm going to bring the opacity down, create another layer over top. And we'll go through with a very quick outline just to see if I like the way that it's heading. You know, once again, I'm not moving my hand too quick. Um, for certain things, I'm stopping and then I'm creating another line. Certain things, I'm just doing that same kind of bubble motion. But I'm always constantly keeping a nice curve on it. That's something that really helps create that wave effect and that kind of crusting wave effect.
This guy is going to get a big long one, which I'll actually break into two. And as so one thing that I always try to remember is that if I've got a very powerful part of the wave where it's really crashing with a lot of force, I'm always going to make that part a lot longer and a lot thinner because you're taking water and you're stretching it out. You're trying to show that motion. Um, you know, sometimes I'll even almost do like a straight single line. Maybe I'll hook this around a little bit more just to give it that same kind of flow. But You know, as as it builds from like here to here to here to here, it's getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner as you work further out. That once again, I'm a big person with illusion that creates that illusion that hey, this water's got some force behind it. It's got this great flow to it. Um, you know, it's it, it's really moving forward from this mass of water over here out. So just little things I've picked up on over the years. I'm obviously not a uh, water expert. I have learned a lot from a lot of other people. So I can't really take credit for a lot of what I know. Um, but it, these are things that I've picked up on. We'll give this. Too thick. And then this will give a little hook. Nope, too thin. So every now and then I'll violate that. And it just helps keep things a little bit more random. I know this part looks like crap. That's okay, that's why it's a draft, right? That's why we sketch. A lot of times when I see people that draw waves, um, you know, people that are still working on it, still learning how to draw them and all that stuff, uh, it's, kind of funny because I see it just like a lot of like points, you know, where things are maybe a little bit uneven and certain parts are thicker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's, it's good to just get the idea, but if you're really trying to work on creating that illusion of um, depth and water, really try to make sure that you've got a stable structure. And by stable structure, I mean, you've got it thicker down here than you do over here, okay? Um, you know, this should be pretty thick and this would be really thin. 
as far as how far out these little water crashes um, end up being. You know, this is thinner than, you know, this area back here. It's still all part of the same water branch, but it shows a definite dispersion of weight. I think that's the word I was looking for. The dispersion of weight of the water makes it sound super fancy. You know, that doesn't necessarily look right to me. So I will probably, let's see, how can I adjust that? You can do something like that. that part. That might be curling over too much. So let's bring that back a little bit. That's better. Maybe we'll add another little guy here. Yeah, that'll look nice. Then that can come down. Waves, flowers, and snakes are probably my go-to whenever I can't figure out what else to draw. Just because I feel like there's always different ways that they can be done. And I'm always constantly looking for new ways to go through and do them. I'm looking for new techniques, new ideas, and new perspectives on it. Um, so I'm always looking for stuff like that. Um, I'm going to go through and sketch a little bit more. And just see what else I can come up with that maybe is a little bit different. Uh, um, you know, something that's out of the ordinary or out of the norm. Uh, maybe I want to have something kind of crashing following this kind of a shape, right? On the back of back of a calf should be a nice, nice shape there. Uh, sometimes I'll do that and I'll just like sketch out a rough shape concept, something that could look right. And then I'll just go with kind of, you know, go with that. Now, whenever you're working on stuff like this, it does get a little bit more tricky because you've got multiple angles. So you've got, uh, you've got this flow here, right? And then it kind of curls back on itself. You know, so keeping all of this in line 
And then you've got this flow here. So it's like, okay, well, how do I bridge the gap between these? You know, that can make things a lot more difficult when it comes down to, you know, how do I address this issue? And there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. A um, couple of different ways that I've seen it done where, you know, you can literally have certain waves coming over all the way but that almost becomes unrealistic because you typically want water flowing in one direction, right? With this, you've got water, even though all of this part may work well, with it flowing in that direction and kind of crashing, this part over here doesn't. That makes it look like the water is now moving in this direction. At least that's kind of the concept I get from it. So I try not to have anything move in that direction in that way. Instead, what I'll do is I'll take the same kind of angle. This way, everything is still moving in a single solitary direction from that crest. Now I've got this part here that's curling back on itself, and that's fine. Um, but typically speaking for waves moving in this direction, I want everything to be moving in the same way, or at least building to that same kind of, you know, the direction I give any given wave is usually denoted by the longest piece because that's going to, like, optically, it will draw the eye the most. Um, so especially if you look at waves that are very, very interesting. Um, you can see certain people will go through uh, later. Certain people will go through, say I've got they'll make one one part of the wave very, very long. Um, this is back of the right cap, actually. Let's go in this direction. So I'll make this one really, really long. Then I'll give myself a couple more. There's one coming down this way that will break into two. Yeah, that works a lot better. Just as like a kind of rough flow. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. Switch back to this layer. Darker. My favorite brush, which is the Sketch Daddy. Well, one of my favorites. I'm actually working on a new set of brushes. Uh, that if anyone is interested, will be available at the Paradise Gathering um, for people that take my seminar as kind of like a little value add. You will get a free custom brush set, uh, free custom texture brush set based off of bio-organic textures. That is only going to be available for people that have actually attended my seminar.
anyone ever has any questions at any point in time, by all means, please feel free to ask. So now a lot of people always question, well, if you've got one going this way and one going this way, how do you bridge the gap? We'll get to that in just a second, believe it or not, because I have some of that that I need to be doing. Whenever I'm drawing like multiple complex layers of waves, by the way. I always try to build one off of the other. Just makes things more visually interesting. That will make that guy a little bit longer. Purple's a good choice. I like. Okay, and then here. This is just one of many different ways to draw waves and to sketch them out. Um, if you look at different parts of the world and different people that draw uh, kind of Asian inspired waves, it's amazing how you can see different influences from different people on different in just the way that they draw their waves. Um, for example, if you look at people from Europe that do something that do a similar style, they're going to draw their waves in a very different manner. And you can typically start to see a lot of influence from a lot of predecessors um, that maybe they've had, or maybe it's people that they've studied, whose work they've studied. Uh, it, it's just always amazing to see how different parts of the world can have a very different take on the same basic concept. I'm always fascinated by that. You know, I could go through and show you and give you examples of um, almost like a Euro Japanese style versus an American Japanese style, versus a traditional Japanese style, versus a, say, Southeast Asian Japanese style. And they're very distinctive and very definitive. It's all the same thing. It's just different. Drawn differently, constructed differently with different kind of concept and different kind of flow. You know, utmost respect to uh, all of the people out there that create and find a different way to do something that's been done a thousand times. Um, those are pioneers of the industry and they get my ultimate respect. Especially if you find people that find ways to do things that have never been seen in that way before. 
that makes any sense at all. Hopefully it does. Hopefully someone out there is like, no, I, I totally get it. By no means am I author and any kind of an authority on drawing Japanese waves or Asian style waves in any manner. But I have looked into it and I have studied it quite a bit. I still have a lot more to learn and I'm not afraid to admit that. Then again, technically speaking, there is no right or wrong way to draw anything. Art is always interpretive. It's always subjective. And every artist out there is going to have a different way that they conceive of and execute different things. What I'm simply doing is stating my perspectives and opinions and giving you my ideas in the way that I see things. That could work, and we can bring this down. Bring this guy over. One of many different ways that we can do things. Uh, I don't necessarily like the way that that looks, but it would work. to join any two opposing direction waves. It's very simple, actually, just do a U. Find a way that, find where those two opposing directions would come, you know, in, in a decent range. Doesn't have to be super far away, doesn't have to be too close either, and you definitely want to avoid something like that, unless you intend on drawing some like directional shading lines which can help indicate flow of the water. Well, maybe I've got that coming down in that fashion. A lot of this would end up gone. A lot of this would end up gone. This would end up coming down into the here with a slight overlap to show perspective. This would probably end up moving like so. And then this part 
could kind of curl down onto here. And I think this is just a little too far out. So I'm gonna draw this back in here. And we'll throw some like, you know, designated flow lines for the water. And if we hide the layer underneath, got a pretty decent Japanese wave going or Asian style wave. Hey, Chris, not a problem at all, man. always like to hear when people are happy with the work that I do. Yeah, I'm actually uh, working on some new prints that I should have for sale up at Paradise this year. Um, should be an amazing time. Then again, I very well may do what I've done in years past and end up just giving away a whole bunch of them. Just because I know people appreciate that kind of stuff. Um, believe it or not, giving away prints is a great way to make new friends. It's true. I mean, it costs you a little bit of money and that's not always good, but it does work. Now I'm going to switch back over to a sketching brush. Go with uh, this guy. Because I'm going to start playing around duplicate my layer. It's one thing I've I've really wanted to start playing around with is getting almost more of a um, some of that Greg Irons kind of flow to some of these waves. Um, you know, just trying to work on figuring out how how did he get such great texture in some of these waves. Um, Greg Irons is someone I definitely look up to. Uh, as far as the way that he used to be able to draw water. Uh, it's a shame he passed away so long ago, but not much we can do about that. Unless anyone out there has a way to go through and um, you know resurrect him and ask him questions. Um, and if you do, don't tell me, because there are a lot of people I'd like to do that with. So let's see if we can just sketchy sketch out. This, this is gonna come over and around. Maybe we'll do another guy there. That over. That could work. Create another layer over top too. I, I always like the concept of these like elongated teardrop shapes to help create a flow, especially when drawing water.
here, maybe draw down. And then what we can do is we'll have another like ripple over top of it. This guy's got like a little ripple coming over top of that. Maybe this one's gonna have a little loop. Um, uh, it's just something different. Not super happy with some of it but it's not the uh not the worst concept i've come up with so far i think one thing that might be able to help and sometimes this is something i like to do by the way in case anyone is ever curious sometimes i like to chop things up so I'll go with my freehand selection brush tool and I'll just grab a part of it and I'll move part of it, say here, or I'll rotate it a little bit more. Maybe I'll move it over and down a little bit and just kind of play with it, you know? Never hurts to, uh, especially if you've got the, um, layer duplicated it's not going to hurt to kind of cut cut it apart and play around with it a little bit you can always hit reset um, down here at the bottom right in order to get everything back to exactly the way that it was um, did let that be a bit bigger We can always go through and now say I wanted to come through and just kind of bring this down. Or sometimes I'll like to give things little spiky kind of hooks and pull them over. And then that gives me an automatic kind of area for almost like a hole or a shadow where the water might be coming apart. Always go through and add something like that. That could work. Bringing this all the way down and over. Yeah. No, I always, find it to be a bit amusing when I go back through and I watch replays of me sketching um, in Procreate, accessing the video and then going through and looking at all the different sketching I did and like, oh, I went from here to here because I didn't like that or I didn't like this. And 
you know, it's just always a um, almost kind of comical. You know, because I'm like, oh, man, I really did change a whole lot of stuff until I finally decided on what I wanted to draw and how I wanted it to look. And so I always love revisiting things like that. Maybe I'll give this a. Uh, Almost like an Art Nouveau kind of swirl shape. Yeah, that'll be cool. Making sure everything's got like the right flow direction. Um, sometimes for those Art Nouveau swirl shapes, I actually have a brush set up. I believe it's Studio Pen, where I can literally go through, make it big, and it tapers automatically. Creating a brush like this is super helpful for when you've got little accents to do, or if you really want to play around with certain tapered shapes for lack of a better term. You know, it's all pressure sensitive, so you can go through and draw, and then as you're lifting off, it creates that kind of a shape. You know, a lot of that has to do with hand control and uh, brush control, because you can draw consistent lines if you maintain consistent hand pressure. Um, so it's just something that you can kind of do to, you know, be a helpful guide or a helpful tool. Sometimes it doesn't work so well if you're trying to make a tight, a tighter curl, but it does work for the most part. So feel free to give that a shot. As I mentioned, today might be a bit of a shorter day, a bit of a shorter episode. Um, I do have some things I need to get done. Uh, some of it's in preparation for the Paradise Gathering, uh, which hopefully I get to see some of you guys at. Are you going to be streaming your talk at Paradise? I'm not sure yet. Um, I have to talk that over with the people at the gathering um, and find out if we will indeed be doing any kind of live streaming for it. And if so, how can people tune into it? Um, if I am, I will definitely be posting up the link. So feel free to uh, keep up with my Instagram and you know, I'll be happy to let everyone know what I'm doing, when and how. I'm not sure what's gonna be going on as far as all of the details of that go though. Uh, maybe a paid for thing. Um, maybe, maybe it'll end up being free. I have no idea, to be honest with you. So that's one concept. Um, we can start doodling another concept. And I always, whenever I draw, I always like to draw with different colors. We'll draw with this guy. 
third out. Roll. Ooh, that would be right in the pit of the knee. Would feel. I, I would not feel very happy if I was to get this spot done back of my knee. I mean, I have it done, and it wasn't fun when I got it done, but definitely wasn't the worst. And just doing some quick sketchy sketches and just basically outlining the flow of how I want things to look. Anywhere where I get into this kind of a situation where I want to keep heading in with a darker color this direction, but I end up dealing with the curve like this where I almost have to kind of bring it back down into like a semi S form um, gets a little confusing and a little complicated. Sometimes I will intentionally draw waves like that just to show more of a, a power or a flow behind them. Um, sometimes I don't necessarily like to do that. It all kind of depends on the piece that I'm drawing and you know how I want the waves to look for that individual piece. Waves can bring a lot of motion. They can bring a lot of um, movement to a piece. They can also direct your eye to look at a specific place if you do them right. So it's very, uh, very interesting the way that waves can help direct your eye around. I've got that sketched in. It's nice and light. So let's go through with um, what color should I use? Let's go with like a super dark pink. Sketch daddy. I'll probably hang out for another 10 minutes or so to see if anyone joins uh, the Zoom call. If no one does, then I'll probably be signing off. Oh, you're very welcome, Preacher's Cave. Not sure what I did to warrant the thank you, but you know, you're welcome for whatever I might or might not have done. Just always trying to be hopeful. This guy is going to be a powerful wave. You can already tell. In fact, I might keep this one a little bit more flat too, a little bit more, um, maybe not quite as busy. And let's go through, we'll do black. No, go back to the purple.
be a little longer. Much like whenever you're drawing a hand of any kind, whether it's a dragon claw or a human hand or anything of that nature, I've always found that there's usually a pretty simple rule. Um, you can either have a very bumpy under texture and then a smooth top, or you can have a very kind of smooth underside with like a lot of ripples and bumps. Um, I find that that's typically people end up going one way or the other with it. You know, I try to keep mine pretty smooth overall until I get to my final outline layer. Um, and that's when I'll kind of add in a little bit more here and there. But I do always like to try to rough out, you know, where do I want the weight of these waves to be, you know, just to make sure everything tapers out nicely. It's just something I, uh, I tune into a lot. Bigger, bigger, smaller, bigger, and then we can bring that because I want to keep it weighted correctly. Yeah, that could work. So you can really kind of see how you've got an initial strong impact and then everything's kind of curling down with it. Um, kind of gives that wave a bit more power and a bit more of a uh, visual impact. If I hide the layer underneath, I can even hide that guy. Let's hide some of these other ones too. So you can kind of see initially, and this is kind of the point to everything that I was talking about earlier. I'm just gonna draw this using a nice vibrant pink so that everyone can see. Let's go with 
So as we can see, waves can kind of help direct our eye and where to look and point us at certain directions simply by looking at the flow of these waves. For example, we've got this one moving up. We've got this one moving over, right? And our eye wants to find that the longest tangent, the longest finger of each wave, and that's the direction it's going to follow. Everything else is going to kind of be building the hype for this longest tangent of the wave. Um, if you have one that kind of curls over softly with a pretty rounded end, that's fine. It's going to act as counterflow, and it might be a little, not necessarily distracting, um, but it's not going to be one of the primary elements. You know, here with this one at the top, we definitely want our eye to flow in this kind of an arc. And that's exactly what this big, tall finger wave is doing. All of these other ones are basically gathering momentum for this one wave up here. Those are just building that. It's building the pressure and it's building the volume. It's building the movement and it's building up to this longest finger of this wave at the top. So immediately our eye sees little by little growing bigger. And now our eye wants to follow the direction of this part. You know, so it's leading us to see, oh, okay, I'm coming, um, there's another color. This, this one. So once again, initially my eyes being drawn in this direction, and then I'm being drawn, it's initially being drawn in this direction, then I'm being drawn in this direction. And now my eye is really being forced to look in this direction because of these graduated waves ending up with one very long directional tip to this one wave. So this would give me the perfect opportunity to go through and throw something maybe secondary that I want to have prominent, but not quite prominent, uh, that I want to lead the eye away from. I could throw that here in this general area with some water flowing over top of it. And because I have this kind of a direction of a wave, it's going to help lead the eye past that. Even though this might be a prominent figure, maybe it's a Daruma doll, maybe it's uh, the head of a koi fish or something like that. Because of the graduation of the waves here and the direction that this is pointing, it's going to be directing our eye away from this spot. So it's a great place to put something secondary. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed today's show. Um, sorry, no one else decided to jump in with me today. That's totally fine. I get it. We all have lives. Not a big deal. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you did, remember to hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page. Um, and make sure to keep your hands moving and keep those pencils going. Uh, make sure to stay posted. You guys can find me on Instagram at Philly Inc. It's right up here. Feel free to give me a follow, send me a message if you want to. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, hopefully I get to see some people at Paradise Gathering. And if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas for next week, obviously, send me a DM on Instagram, let me know, or send an email to management at reinventingthetattoo.com. And I will definitely take a, 
take a read and get back to you. Hope everyone's doing well, and I hope everyone has a great week this week. Thank you very much for uh, watching today, and I hope to see you.